Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. So, hey, it's so good to be uh, back behind the pulpit this morning and... uh, but we were in good hands, weren't we? Yeah. We are in very good hands. And I just want to take this time to thank and honour both Alexa and Pastor Bex for the messages that they brought and uh, for the impact that they've had. And um, I was uh, going through um, Slack this morning. Gosh, I'm Slack. I couldn't remember the word Slack. I was going through Slack and I saw the... Upper Hut crew were sharing the Anchor song from Hillsong. And so I played that on the way over, that Anchor is a hope. Uh, uh, that hope is an anchor for our soul, and uh, I'm sure you guys had a great time. And Eastbourne crew, did you guys have a, a good time as well? And just, just got to hang on, <laughs> hang on to our hope, you know. And I tell you, there's a war against these things, right? And so I, I, I love the message that uh, that uh, that, have, that came from Pastor Bex and also Alexa before that. Uh, I'll never forget that Corey Ten Boom line that uh, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's such a powerful line. It doesn't matter if you know your future. The cool thing is God does. He's ordered your steps. It says in, the, in Psalm 139, it's written down all the days of your life. And so uh, he, he's got it. He that begins a good work will complete it. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so uh, I just was so uh, imp- uh, impressed and, and grateful for uh, the words that these uh, amazing ladies brought. This morning, I have a fire in my belly, a passion in my step. And uh, this morning, the message title, if you're taking notes, is Finding Life. Finding Life. I was listening to a, watching, I should say, a YouTube clip. Um, oh, I should have written the guy's name down. He's a, a kind of a modern-day theologian who does video clips almost every day discussing points of theology. And, uh, but he's quite a sort of a, you know, a young, hip-looking dude, sits behind a keyboard. Don't know if he actually plays. He probably is. He looks like he's in a studio. I forget his name. I might pop it on Slack later so that you can know where I... Uh, but I, I saw him have a, a discussion around the fact that a, a well-known celebrity recently has come out declaring that they are now want to be identified... Uh, their gender is non-binary. They wanted to be... Yeah, they wanted to be identified as non-binary, and it was a, sort of a big deal. It kind of, everyone was talking about it, and so he wanted to address it. My, just, my topic this morning is not about that, but he went on to talk about, uh, about uh, some scriptures and some particular words in scriptures that really got me thinking and really got me fired up to bring a message around this. And so this morning, my message is finding life, because here's the truth. There is, here's the truth. There is objective truth, and there's subjective truth. Okay, you might think that you know how to get somewhere. You might think that you don't need the GPS. You might think that you've got it all sussed out, that you know the direction. But how many times have you thought that you knew where you were going only to find that you get yourself a bit lost? Does anyone relate to that? I've done that plenty of times. I, I, I remember the very first time that when we came down to check out uh, Wellington on, a, on our sojourn journey after the, pro, after the vision of Wellington, we thought we'd come down and we'll check it out, Bex and I. And we got in our rental car and all, let's head to 
to Wellington City and I didn't turn on my GPS and I, I left the airport and I found myself in Seatoon. And I'm like, well, how, what have I done? You know, we're, this is quite pretty though, but, but, I, but it's not what I was trying to do. And so I tried to follow what I thought was my truth of how to get somewhere and it actually wasn't correct. There is objective truth that resides outside. It's a standard that is independent of what my understanding is or what my inclinations are. All right? There is an objective truth that's outside of me that, will, that has a standard that's independent of what I might think or what I might feel. My subjective truth is my reality based on what I'm going through at the moment. Right? And then you'll know this catchphrase all the time, my truth. This is my truth. And so it doesn't matter what your truth is, this is my truth. But here's what I would like to say about truth, that truth is a person. Truth is a person. Jesus says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I'm not here to, to make stances on this is true and this is false. And this is true. I'm just saying that there is objective truth found in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is truth. His truth is the ultimate objective truth. We must realize that when we come to whatever it might be that guides us, whatever dictates what, we, don't let the feelings drive the choice train. You might know this one. You've got all the things, you've got, you've got all the things that drive the direction and decisions of your life. Let not it be feelings. Feelings will betray you. Okay. I don't feel like going for a run this afternoon, Michael Geddes. But if, I, but if I just let my feelings dictate, I will not be ready for that 31K run in like five weeks. And I'm sweating bullets because I said I'll do it and I haven't trained much. So if I don't train, if I go on what I feel like doing, I'm not going to be ready. What God's got for your life requires you to do some things you might not feel like doing, but you have to implement a bit of spiritual discipline to get there. But come on, His truth as ultimate truth. So anyway, my key scripture for this morning, for this finding life message, is in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25. And I always feel I've got an extra pep in my step when I've had a few weeks out of the saddle. So bear with me. I'm full of beans this morning. So come on, let's go. All right, here we go. Verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 25, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, will find it. Now, we're going to focus in on this word life here, but before we get there, I want to just take a couple of more phrases that Jesus said in verses 24 that I feel like we need to work our way into this word life, this finding life. And the first couple of words I want to focus in on here is deny himself. If anyone would come after me, Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to be in relationship with me, if anyone wants to know me, know my purpose, if anyone wants to find life, which is the outcome of these verses, the first point is you've got to deny yourself or deny himself, the Bible says. And if, I, if you look at the Greek word for deny, it means to abstain and disown, disown. Disown and abstain from, literally to abstain from and disown a life centered around self. 
Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, if you want to come after me, if you want to be my disciple, then you must know the first point of this is you need to abstain and disown a life that would be pointing you as the centerpiece of everything. You are not the centerpiece. You are not the star. You are not the person that everything should be built around. The universe doesn't revolve around you. And if you try to make that happen, here it is. You will never find life. You'll never find life. So this isn't Jesus just setting a high bar so that you feel like you've got to earn something. You can't earn it. You can't do it. You don't deserve it. He did it for you. But what he's saying here is, I feel like Jesus is saying, I want you to find life. All right. I want you to have life. I want you to find real life, the life that I created for you, the life that I designed for you. So the first thing you've got to understand is you've got to deny and abstain from this self-centered living. Just, just focused on me. Subjective truth in this culture and day and age says whatever I feel, whatever I want to be is truth. And, you can't. and so there's a self-centeredness that resides in it. Instead of going, whatever you say, Jesus, whatever you, put, whatever you say is, is, is truth. Deny himself. Number one, you've got to deny yourself. You literally have to abstain and disown a life centered on Self, what a challenge, isn't it? Every single one of us in the room, that is the challenge. When, 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 this, when the devil came to tempt Adam and Eve, the temptation was you don't have to listen to God. You don't have to worship God. In fact, you can be like God. God's telling you fibs. He's saying, don't eat of the tree lest you should surely die. You won't die. Your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. And so from that day forth, we've wrestled. The whole human condition is wrestling of wanting to be little G God. We don't want to surrender and submit to and, and have someone else over our lives. We don't want the authority. The submission is one of the hardest things to do, isn't it? Uh-huh. Maybe not when everything's going smoothly, but when there is a, a parting of the waves, when there is a fork in the road, and the one that you are submitted to says go left, and you don't want to go left, it's tough. Uh-huh. It's tough. Yeah. Submission is tough. And so denying yourself... And allowing, this is the, the war horse, the meekness word, the war horse relating to the word meekness, that the, the horse is so well trained and so trusting of the rider that it will, if the rider says go left, it goes left. If it says go right, if it, if it says we're going to barrel full on speed into those spears, the horse will do it. The strength of the horse to trust the rider. There is a letting go of self that is required, Jesus says, in finding life. Next point here, it says, take up his cross and follow me. I find this interesting. Well, I find this interesting for, for a number of reasons, but firstly, because Jesus starts using the word cross around what it means to follow him before he goes to the cross, okay? Now, the cross was around. This is the, uh, known, the known world, Jerusalem and Judea, were under Roman rule. They had been conquered by Rome, and Roman, under Rome and under Roman rule, they were using the cross as a form of torture and murder and to punish criminals. And so it was known. But isn't it interesting that Jesus says that you need to take up a torture device, a, a thing that brings death, in order to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And I think this is interesting because here's the facts, friends. And I, and I want to give it to you unapologetically and not watered down because this is, what, this is what Jesus is saying. There needs to be a willingness in you and I in order to follow Jesus to be willing to die. 
right? That is the truth. That is the fact that we, need to be, we ought to be willing to die. And plenty of people through history have been willing to die and have been martyred, including almost all of his disciples, bar John, who died eventually of old age after being boiled in oil and exiled to Patmos so he could write Revelation. Every one of the other ones died horrific deaths, martyred for, the, for, for Jesus, okay? So look, this isn't like some like, you know, Hey, come on, let's all like be willing to die, and it's a quick, it's a bit weird, right? Like, you know, like you said, it's like almost extremism, right? Like, I, but there needs to be a willingness to know that 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 there is something in me that is willing to live and die for Jesus, right? So there is, the, the, but at this, but at the same time, he what he's saying here, it's not just about giving your life up for Jesus; it's about giving the self life up for Jesus. So uh, if you're to take it a step deeper in the context of what he's saying here is there needs to be absolute surrender. This is dying to self. When we get, go through the waters of baptism, we're identifying with the death of Jesus and then so for our, our self dying, and then we're raised to a new life in Christ. And this is what the waters of baptism are. And what Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me and find life, you have to disown the self-life. Let, you, you need to die to self and surrender to my Lordship and follow me. It's not an easy thing to follow Jesus. It's not a small, it's not a small command. It's not an add-on to life. It's, it's not an optional extra. It's not a, that'll do, I can try that out for, and anyone that try, and, and when we try and come at it like that, it is, it is insipid, and as the Bible says, lukewarm, and it just doesn't taste very good, and it doesn't fill you with any sense of, it actually just feels almost, yeah. It does, doesn't it? And we have moments where we feel that way. I can relate. So whoever Then he goes on to say, and this is our key verse here in verse 25. It says, whoever saves his life will lose his life. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find life. Okay, I'm all about you finding life. What is my motivating factor for bringing this message this morning? That you and I might find the life that Jesus has called us to live. Yeah, That's what I'm passionate about this morning. So whoever saves his life will lose it. Whoever Loses it for his sake, will find it. Well, this word life, it's interesting. This is where, this is what this, this thing I watched on YouTube got me whoo, spinning, spinning my wheels because the word life here is suki or suke, very closely related to, to psyche, to psyche, okay? And so, and why I say that is because life has many different, tra- many different Greek words or Hebrew words are translated to the word life. Okay, so it's important that we understand when we read the English word life, what is the original, when Jesus spoke that out in, in Aramaic or whatever, and it was translated to Greek, what did he mean? I think it's really important. So this word suke or coming closer to psyche means breath or breathing. It means the soul. It means the seat of your heart. It means the seat of feelings, desires, affections, inclinations, aversions, and your will. Wow. It means the self. Okay? So, when you read that, it says, For whoever would save his, the seat of his heart for himself, would save the seat of his feelings and desires and affections and inclinations and aversions, his will, he'll lose it. Whoever tries to allow their position to govern those things, I'm going to govern my feelings and my, and my will and my desires, and I'm going to go after what I want and do what I... If that is your position, you will lose your life. You'll never find life. 
But those that will let their feelings and desires and affections come and surrender before Jesus, whoever would lose their life, their psyche, their soul, the seat of their heart for Jesus' sake, will find life. Will find life. Whoever loses a seat of your heart and gives it up to Christ will find life. Whoever loses the as I said, the feelings and desires and affections, inclinations and aversions of their heart for the sake of Christ will find life. Will find life. This is the promise of Jesus. Now, I find this interesting. So I clicked, I clicked on this word in the lexicon and the Strong's Concordance. And uh, I hope I don't lose you here. Come on, stick, stick with me. We're going dictionary and concordances, people. It's so good. We're going G5590 entry. To find out what suke, the root word for suke, the root word, because it's, it's a feminine derivative of another word, the root word for suke is actually, I wrote it down here somewhere, uh, it's psycho. <laughs> it's psycho. Okay, it's psycho. This is, the, this is the word that this word comes from, because the, the very first entry is breathe. Okay, breathe. Okay, the very first entry of what it could mean in, in the original language. Now, let me, tell, let me show you. Let me read to you a scripture where psycho, <laughs> psycho is, is, is used. Come with me to Matthew 24.12, the words of Jesus. Matthew 24.12. And because lawlessness will be increased. This, now, this is Jesus talking about the end times, the end days. Because lawlessness will be increased. Another version says sin will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Will Grow psycho. <laughs> we'll grow cold. Let me give you the definition of psycho. <laughs> this word is to gently blow on it to cool. To gently blow on to cool. It means having waning love. Your love is dissipating slowly. So Jesus is saying in Matthew 20, and sorry, Matthew 16, that if you will lose your feelings and your self-life and give that over and submit to me, your, I will blow, I will breathe on the seat of your life and life will spring forth. Life will grow. Things will come, to, things will grow and things will birth. But if you don't allow that process of submission and surrender and surrender the self-life, your life could get psycho. Which means it's like you're blowing on food to slowly cool it down, but then you forget and it gets too cold. Who's had a lukewarm cup of tea? That's not very tasty, is it? You know, We've, In our house, we have a, 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 a hot tap uh, uh, boiling like on our actual kitchen tap. You can choose just boiling water from it, which is amazing, right? But you've got to set the temperature right because when you make a cup of tea, it's good for about the first three or four minutes, and then it gets... You know, and if you make a big cup, the first few sips are great, but then you kind of go back to it a few minutes later, and it's like, that was a lukewarm swallow. Not very good. We wonder sometimes why our passion is gone and why apathy creeps in. You know? And it's because it's this wrestle of who's in this, who has the seat of your heart. What Jesus is saying, and, and, and other, uh, the verses before the one here in verse 12, it says, when sin is increased, the love of many will grow cold. The one before that says, offense creeps in and other things happen and whatever it might be, but things start to war in our heart and when they go unabated, they start to like blow on the passion. 
and cool it down and cool it down and cool it down until you become, like Jesus says in Revelation, lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. I'm here because I'm so passionate about you finding life, me finding life. Come on. There's another verse. Uh, and, and, and Troy, you can come and join me. Come on. We're doing so good. We're doing so good. There's another verse here in, uh, in John 10, 10 that you know real familiar. And this is actually just hitting it straight down the line with what we're talking about this morning. This isn't like coming from the side or trying to mince words. This is Jesus straight up telling you what he's passionate about. And it says this in John 10, 10. It says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Here it is again, this word life. But guess what, friends? This is a different life. This is not suke. This is not the seat of your heart. And this is not you and your desires giving over to God. This is Zoe. Zoe life. This is the promise of Jesus. I have come that you might have a Zoe life. Abundant life. Here's what Zoe means. It's a God-given life. It's a gift from God who is the author of life. It is a real and genuine existence. It's emphatic. The absolute fullness of life. It is a life devoted to God. It is a blessed life. This is the life Jesus has promised you and me. Whoever loses their way of doing things will find life. Whoever dies to self will find life. Whoever abundantly surrenders to Christ, they will find life. They will find real and genuine existence. They will find the absolute fullness of life. They will find a blessed life. Not that we don't have trials, not that we don't have struggles and loss and grief, but that in Christ, we can make sense of these things from His eternal perspective. That that life, as as Bex preached last, we are anchored to hope. We're anchored to Christ, who is always breathing hope into every situation, no matter how dire the circumstances look. No more, now more than ever, family, we need to die to self. We need to lay down our subjective truths. This is not about this is truth and this isn't truth. This is about coming to Jesus to find truth. This is a journey for everyone. This isn't about labeling things this morning. But this is about going, God, I want to know your truth for me. I want to know how you see. I want to know what you think. I want to know how you... And that's, that's surrender and submission. Come on, we need to relinquish the seat of our heart back to Christ. Come on, lest we grow cold. Lest it's like life blows on that cup of tea until it's undrinkable slowly seen our love for Christ wane. It's the degree by degree. But we've already spoken about this morning. During worship, the embers, it may feel like embers, family. It may feel like right now your passion is embers. 
But I'm just trying to say that the, the breath of the Holy Spirit wants to blow on those embers again, wants to see the passion for Jesus rise again, wants to see your trust in God rise again, wants to see the faith that you, that you once maybe stepped in and walked in come again so that you might be a bold follower of Christ, taking crazy steps, going, I, look, Jesus said you've got to follow me, you've got to die, you've got to be willing to die. Some of us aren't even willing to, 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 to invite someone to church. I mean, we've got, it's a challenge, isn't it? But the fire is one, God is wanting the fire in you to start to grow, to start to increase. And it's just a matter of coming again and surrendering again, surrendering again, going, I don't want your, my truth or the world's truth. I want your truth. I want your truth. I want to see myself through the way that you see me. I want to see my future through the way that you see it. I trust in you. I will follow you. Even if those around me say and deny you and stop following you. No, I will follow you. I will follow you. The promise of Jesus is that if you surrender, you will find life. You will find life. You will find real and genuine existence, absolute fullness of life, the blessed life that God created for you and for me, His design, His rhythm, His pattern. Do I get an amen? Come on, church. Let's stand. I want to pray for you.